0: Welcome to part two of episode three of the Survivors of Addiction podcast. This is Stephanie Mendenhall, and I'm the executive director of Reclaiming Lives and the producer of the podcast. We're going to pick up where we left off in part one, where Brandon and Christy are interviewing Iran Ortega about his recovery.
1: Yeah, and uh, what a interview this has become. Um, right now, Eron, I just want to say thank you. And uh, we're going to go ahead and start right where we left off.
2: So I have a question. So those that are listening that have family members that are in prison mm-hmm. or that are facing prison time, and they are helping them and they're doing everything that they can, um, what, what made you or what was the deciding factor that you reached out and asked for that help? Or um, is there something that someone could do? Or what, what kind of guidance can you give people that are suffering for their family members that are in prison? Is there anything?
3: The deciding factor for me was the pain. Mm. Mm. Isn't, that,
2: isn't that the truth? The I, pain is a motivator. Mm-hmm.
3: I, I had enough. You had and, enough. And there was no, nothing that nobody can tell me to change my mind. I had to do it for myself. Wow. And and that's that's the truth.
2: So so in it, your mind is there a way that someone could get to that point without pain?
3: Ooh.
2: Cuz if I get that answer, I'll be a millionaire if
1: <laughs> I
3: don't know.
2: You know yeah. and I'm
3: sitting, what I'm, do you try- think, I, I'm sitting I, in
1: here I, in his I, spot and I'm thinking, man, I I don't know that one either. Like that's yeah. a uh-huh. So I don't know that one. Can you ask that question all over again and maybe in my head I can try to reword it?
2: Is there a way that someone can get to asking for help or going, coming into sobriety without deep pain?
1: You know, loss of any type, pain of any type, um, tragedy, drama, any type of stuff like the trauma. Like really that's that's a pivotal point for somebody. Like if they're excited and they're going through life, they're not going to stop doing what they're doing.
2: So if a... Family members listening and and their child in, or brother is in prison, um, It's pro, it, is it best to not help them?
3: Um, Continue to love them until they learn how to love themselves.
2: Yes, just love them. Just Don't take away their pain because sometimes we need to get to that pain in order for it to get well, better. Well, we
1: know what wins. Love. <laughs> we know what wins. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's really like, I literally just, like, I had the same thing happen with my roommate last night. You know, like... All you can do is love them until they decide to make the decision for themselves to pick themselves up and do something different with their
3: lives. But that's hard. But that's a fact. Yes. And sometimes loving them means leaving them alone Mm. and letting them go through what they got to go through.
2: So what do you do with your own heart, Stephanie? Like, I'm curious, how do you, what do you do with your heart when someone you love that's in your family that you invited into your house relapses? Yeah, Yeah, Stephanie.
0: That's really hard.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Because you're really good at loving them for where they're at. mm -hmm. Help people understand how to do that.
0: Yeah, as somebody who cares so much for people who are struggling with addiction and then seeing them fall back, I think it's a combination of of course, continuing to love them and sharing that outwardly, but also setting boundaries so that you're not enabling. I know somebody told me pretty early on um, the difference between or part of enabling is doing something for someone that they could do for themselves. And That's of right. course, you could weigh that a lot of different ways, depending on the person that you're helping. But um, You know, I always look at, is the person making progress in their recovery? So you could be in recovery, in my opinion, for five years, but maybe not have a lot of clean time. I know that's probably controversial, but I I think it's a process and not everybody gets there overnight. There's um, some schools of thought that you give up your drugs and if you never go back to them, then you're in recovery. And peer support training tells us that you're in recovery when, when you, you say, say you're, you're in, in recovery. recovery.
2: I had never heard that before. I love that.
0: Yeah. And so I, I feel like there's a lot of guilt and shame that goes into pronouncing your clean time sometimes because you may have been working really hard on doing all the right things And have moments where you're falling back, but you're still learning. Mm -hmm. And those are mistakes, but you can learn from those. And so, you know, I focus way more on recovery and what you're doing with it than your days clean.
1: And I have to agree with that.
0: Yeah. yeah. So definitely protect yourself, your property, your family, you know, if somebody is... um, being opportunistic boundaries need to be set but that doesn't mean you can't go out and get lunch with someone or meet them even though they're still getting loaded like there's a way to be in people's lives and love them where they're at without making it your duty to be their recovery planner right. like encourage them to get support from organizations like ours or other treatment providers or people who have the skills and ability to do that work because family members there's so much guilt and shame that goes into the relationship already that when you suggest a avenue of getting clean or why can't you just stop this why do you choose your drugs over me it just causes people to feel even worse mm. and so So loving people where they're at and leaving the recovery plan to them and somebody else that can help them is really what I think works.
1: And I I want to point something out that Stephanie said so beautifully and eloquently is if you have four or five years in recovery and that's your clean time and you had a lapse of bad decision making and you use drugs and you hop right back on the wagon. Let me tell you something. You didn't lose your recovery. You didn't lose your recovery. Right. So All that work you did, you didn't lose it. You still have it. It's inside of you. That's like saying, oh, you forgot how to ride a bike because you wrecked. I'm not buying
3: that. Sometimes relapse is the most important
1: part of recovery. And 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 that is a very true and mm-hmm. very wise statement because mm-hmm. we're only human beings. And I don't, and I and I have to agree with Stephanie. It's like When you have to walk back into that meeting after working your butt off for so long and something happened where you made a bad decision and you have to walk up and grab that white heat tag, there's a beautiful part of that, but then there's a guilt and shame part of it where a lot of people don't return for a while after Mm. that. And that, you know, that's why I think tokens sometimes are a negative response, but Mm. it's a beautiful thing when you get that clap because it lets you, it reminds you that you're loved.
2: And you're not alone.
1: And you're not alone. But you know, that's everybody's, that's, that's, that's probably a whole nother episode. That's probably a whole nother topic. I don't know. What do you guys think?
0: It's important to celebrate people's success. So I know that I've heard people say, well, I I told someone that I have two or three days clean and they said, well, do you want me to be happy for you? Because you should have had that all along. Like that's that's not what what helps. Like being able to say, wow, I know how hard it is to put something down that you've been doing that you are physically addicted to and walk away from it, even if it's I, I hear Brandon say, I, I, I remember the day I didn't think I could get 10 minutes yeah. 10 clean. seconds. <laughs> yeah,
3: one day clean is a miracle.
0: Yeah, a miracle. And so the fact that you're it even is. thinking about getting clean, that you know that the drugs and alcohol are affecting your life negatively, that you want to make a change, but maybe you're just not there yet because it's a lot of work. People have to go through, you know, maybe past trauma and do some work on their internal thinking. And it is soul searching and difficult. And so you have to be in a mindset where you're ready to take that on, where the pain of the addiction is worse than taking on your reality. Right. And And that's when people change. And Mm -hmm.
1: that's what we get to see every day and live it every day. And as peer support, you know, it's not something that you can just gain. Like in these trainings, there's a training that you have to take that gives you really good leadership skills, you know, Um, active listening, Meeting people where they are at. And if you don't know what that means, check the guy out across the street that's not doing so well. Go talk to him. You'll find out where he's at real quick. Mm-hmm. Motivational interviewing. I got to say, out of, all the, in, out of all of the trainings that I have taken throughout my time, active listening and motivational interviewing are the two I use absolutely the most. I started practicing them on my wife. I sure I'm hope sure she ain't listening. I'm sure, man. I'm kind of worried about her hearing this, but it's true. Like I had to get practice somewhere, and my wife has a lot to say. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my best to
2: use my trainings. What's an example of that of, of the what? motivational interviewing? You know, when you're talking with somebody.
1: First, let's start with the active listening okay. because they kind of go hand in hand. So yeah. when you're when you're listening to somebody, I kind of explained it to you yesterday. There's a there's there's a quote that I use. I used it in the in the last podcast. Is listen to understand, not to respond. Understand what they're saying. Understand where they're coming from. Be active in their listening. Don't just go look at your phone. Don't just. Oh wait, uh, or whatever. You be active, be in, be in their face, be with them the whole time, and then listen. Then the motivational interviewing is when they don't think they can motivate them to think they can. Mm. You know, it's 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 a lot easier said than done because some people are lunch pail hard headed, like they just are. They don't get it.
2: But like old school lunch pail hard headed. Yeah, it's, you know you can't <laughs> teach an old
1: dog new tricks. But I'm telling you right now, like those two, th- those are those are big for. For me personally, when, I'm, when Stephanie and I and you now are sitting with somebody and we're trying to really motivate them, like it, it, motivation is key. Mm. You know, they don't call it sit around and listening. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's motivational. The other ones I have here are know the resources. To be a good peer support, you have to be a resource broker. Yeah. You have to be boots on the ground. You have to get around town. You have to really know your resources. All of them in your town, if you can. Make a face-to-face introduction. Steph?
0: So I hired Christy and gave her a title. It's Community Resource Director. Da, da, and da. really, I, I love and know that this is important because relationships with our other providers in our community and working together with them is how people get well. And so... Right. Having Christy out in the field and talking with the folks at Rogue Retreat or La Clinica Birch Grove or On Track or Addictions Recovery Center, like building those relationships with housing providers, treatment organizations, and, and their nonprofits. Like, that, that's really um, how we just build build, build those things that I was able to hand to Iran and say, go here because I trust this person that they're going to take care of you. And so Christy now is taking on that piece of work that I've done for many years, even at the county. And I just know that that's part of the success of our organization when we can call peer support and on track like Alex or peer support and on uh, um, addiction recovery like Ben, like it's amazing to see, you know, how we can just reach out to them and they know who we are and who our people are. And we're working together to find a solution. It's awesome to bring community together like that. And, you know, there is so many resources. Oh, my gosh. I mean,
2: I had no idea. And also, there are a lot of resources for more than just people in devastating situations. You know, there's 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 resources. We had a bunch for, um, for COVID for the fire victims. So it's not just here, let me help you get sober. It's like, it's, it's long-term it's with either rent or jobs or a family member or, um, medical supplies, you know, it goes on and on and Mm -hmm. on. So that, that just extends the relationship part of the long-term support.
1: Well, and it's that, and it's that, you know, scratch your back, scratch my back to us at the same time. Hopefully we can refer to them and hopefully they have somebody they can refer to us because we want a hold of everybody. Yes. You know, we want, we want to help the world. Like I told Stephanie this morning, let's go change the world today. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like let's, let's wait up, suit up, boot up, change the world. Let's yeah. do this, you know? And that's what resources is about, yes. you know, and, and making that connection with them. So, and it's a trust thing, yes. you know, they trust me, I trust you. It's how it goes, you know. And,
2: you know, you're not alone. I know I keep saying that, but, you know, if you're in addiction, you're your own private island. You know, you're alone. You think you're alone. So that to extend that to know, say, hey, you are not alone. And here are all the resources I have to help you make such a big difference.
1: Right. I love resources, man. I, that's, a, that's what I call ourselves. What is a peer support? Oh, I'm a resource broker. Mm-hmm. That's what I tell them. Resource broker.
2: And and resource transcends. And I want to reiterate that because I know I used to think resource just meant if you're homeless. Oh, no. And, and you have nothing. But resources, right. I learned from somebody who had a lot went to prison lost a lot and needed resources right there's that feeling of oh gosh i felt embarrassed i felt um ashamed i felt like i'm sure there's someone else that needs it more than i do but really we uh, it, it, it's what connects us to each other and then when you've established some some grounding then you can be a resource for someone else well
1: that's that's Exactly, it right there. That's what we, that's our purpose. Yes. You know, is to be a resource so we can, you know, I mean, that's, that's exactly what it is. Thank you, Christy. Mm -hmm. Um, The other ones I have here is address your own judgments. What it's not about what you think of somebody, it's about what you want, what you want to see somebody become. You know, whatever judgment you have, put it aside. And, you know, like it's kind of like that old talk Iran and I had about, um, the convict code, like that stuff goes out the window. Mm. All that stuff goes out the window. I don't care your background, your ethnicity. I don't care where you spent your time at. I don't care if you're from California or Washington. Like if you need help, come see us. Mm -hmm. We're going to help you. you, We're going to do our best. You know, Yeah. the next one I'd like to talk about is boundaries because boundaries is, you know, there's, there's a variety of boundaries that we all know about, especially in this type of work. Um, I, I, boundaries are so important because you have to know when to say enough is enough. You have to know with confidence that here it is. I have a problem because I want to help fricking everybody. I will get out of bed at one in the morning and drive to fricking Eagle Point to help somebody with a jacket. That's just who I am. Did I set a boundary? Absolutely not. Because I thought that their needs were more important than my needs. Ooh, that's a good one. Right? Mm-hmm. My needs have to be met in order for me to wake up in the morning and do the job I'm doing today.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So. Self-care. It, it, self-care, bro. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, and self-care comes in so many varieties. Like, you know, I feel bad after I say no. Me too. Because that's just who I am. But I have to remember that I made a commitment to me, God, and my wife mm-hmm. that I would be there for them as well. Yes, I uh, can't be there for every person that's
2: missing a damn shoe. Mm-hmm. But you can on at certain
0: times. Well, I'm, not not I'm not.
2: Lo- I'm looking to hire some minions <laughs>
0: so I can
1: get them out there and take care. Of- no, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, seriously though, like you're, no, you're absolutely right. You can, but there has to be. A breaking point. Yes. Yeah.
2: Especially because this business is messy. It's messy. It's heart-filled, heartfelt, heartbroken. I mean, it's a messy business. And Mm -hmm. I think you also— And it's unknowing. It's unknowing. And when you're setting a boundary, you are telling them, hey, my, I'm important. Like, my life's important. I've done a lot of work. You're going right. to get there too, but I can talk to you tomorrow at 6. And right. that just yeah. – that's kind of an integrity thing, and and um, it just puts value on yourself. Like, you're asking them to, to – think of themselves as valuable that's what you're doing so you're setting that example
1: you know i had to figure it out my whole life i didn't Mm -hmm. have anybody so i'm like i'm almost confident like okay they're gonna survive because addicts we adapt right yeah we adapt and 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 we overcome that's that's just a fact but we have to be able to refill yes right so it's good there's a there's a point where it's just like Mm -hmm. i need my refill i have to stop and take a minute for me yeah and for me it's hitting the hitting the links yep i love to golf if I, whatever it is I do, I have, I have to have that moment. Yes. So boundaries are super important and you have to, you have to make sure that you're taking care of yourself, man. I'm telling you guys, like for me personally, because I know a lot of peer support that have kids and they kill it. But me, I'm blessed. I'm glad I don't have kids and doing this job because it'd be so much harder if I had kids yeah. because of how far I go. Right. You know, when I do something, I go full bore. Like seven months ago, this was an idea and here we are in a booth making a podcast like when we do something we go hard on it you know yeah so boundaries are just super important um iran
3: tell me a little bit
1: what do you think about boundaries and why they're important to you
3: well boundaries are important because they are what i need to absolutely refill to um, be clear with people about where i am Um, because if i'm not able to refill i have nothing to give back right yeah and that's, and that's what this job does is yes. we, pour out, and we
1: pour out, we peer pour support. out, we pour out, we pour out, dude. Yes. For all my peer support family out there, I love you, please. Self-care. At the end of today, go get some self-care. Yes. That is my demand of you. Yes. Please, people need you out there. We love you. So, Iran, let me ask you a couple questions real quick. Do you mind if I talk to you for a little bit? Let's talk. Okay, I mean, we brought you here for a reason, yes. right? Yes. Wasn't just to look at your pretty face. No. All right. Let me ask you. A I ain't all that pretty, anyways. Uh, I mean, don't <laughs> say yourself short, homie. I mean, I mean that smile, though. How does How does being a peer supported reclaiming lives? How does that help you in your recovery?
3: Being able to keep what I got by giving it away, because I cannot do that. I cannot. I can't. It, it's a constant reminder of where I've been, um, and how far I've come. You know, right. When I when I get to see people uh, Right where they're at It just it, it, it reminds me that You know Hey I've come a long ways mm-hmm.
1: You know I have to agree with you 100% You have came a long way And it's Been amazing to watch You know Like I think about this question all the time For me in particular You know Like What does Doing peer support And leading a recovery circle And doing all these things For reclaiming lives What does that mean? I get to give back Right And my You know so many times I think, do I deserve this? Like, am I, am I good enough for this? Right. And, right. I, and I think yeah. about it long and hard and I, and, and, then I look and I see the people that I get to help. And then they, like, I got a card the other day from one of the, one of the, one of the volunteers and she's a member as well. And it just was like, you know, the things you say, the things you do, you really motivate. And I, and, you know, I never thought about it like that. I was just doing what comes natural. So for me, it's like, this is now a way of life for me. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I don't want to go back to pumping gas. I don't want to go back to building houses or, or buffing cars. I want to help people. And reclaiming lives gives me that opportunity to provide hope and stability in others and for others. Yes. And it keeps me grounded.
3: It keeps me grounded. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to fall back. I remember when there was a time in my life that I never thought that hope was possible. And then I received hope. Mm. And now I just want to give that same hope to everybody. Right. Right. And that's exactly why I do what I do today. Yeah. Why I'm working at the Kelly shelter on the front lines, why I'm leading a circle at at reclaiming lives why i when i see the man sitting out in front of you know the grocery store why i stop and give him you know a couple minutes of my time you know right. i don't have to give him money you know sometimes i'll give him food but more importantly i need to let him know that he matters right and he's important and and right. he has value you know and all and and it's simply just by stopping and Couple words. Saying, hello, hey, how are you today? Couple words. Is there anything that I could help you with today? Do you need somebody to listen? Anything, you know, anything on that level. You know, and, and it makes a difference. That right? is so
2: important. You yeah. know, I talked about being seen and I didn't know how bad I needed to be seen. Mm-hmm. And I and I see that a lot on the streets when you're walking by someone and they, you know, and they a lot of times won't even look up. But you say, hey, good morning, and they look up and yeah. just the yeah. smile on their face. I love it. Absolutely. And, and if you're asking them, you know, how their day is and, mm-hmm. you know, if if you can give them some time to listen. I mean, that is so valuable.
3: Yeah, you're I, you're, you're reminding them that they're human. That they're human. Yeah. So
2: I wonder why, and this might be a little bit off topic, but then why is it so hard for a lot of people when they pass by people um, that are maybe homeless or in a tough situation to stop and say that to them?
3: Wow. That's a good question. I often ask that to myself Mm. when I was out there. Why can't people just stop and talk to me? And it's because I I mean, in my own opinion, is. They have no idea. They have no idea. But have, did you put they, off a vibe have, that
1: you wanted to be talked to?
3: No, I didn't. You know that's you. People I, have to
1: remember that part too. Like, yeah. there's some people you walk by. There could be three people standing out front of a Minute Market. Yeah. One of them is growling at you. The other one's n- like yeah. head down, tired, and the other one's still up, holding his head, smiling. Yeah. Which one are you gonna say good morning to? Like, and we can say all three all we want, but like reality is like. Which Yet. you're gonna go to the one that's already pleasant, you know what I mean? Because right. you don't want anything to mess up the vibe of your day. Right. Not me, I love the other person. Well, me too. I love doing me that. Me too. But that's but what I was getting at is walking up and seeing somebody, you know what I mean? Like it's just what, you know, like
3: and you don't know where anybody's at. Not and not everybody's willing to go through whatever they got to go through Some of my to, to to reach somebody, you know, because they just they just they just don't get it, you know, they're not there.
2: They're and, they're not there yet, and I I also believe in my own experiences that people have their own shame, they have their own stuff that they're not dealing with. Even maybe they're not in addiction, and if you have someone walk, you know, if you walk by someone that's homeless, it it brings up stuff that yeah, people don't want to deal with, mm-hmm. so you look the other way. Right. You know, whereas, because I'm sure I, I in the past would do that, but now I know that person that's there. I know their, I, I don't know their exact pain, but I know their general pain, and I know they need to be seen just because I experienced.
1: Right, that. right, yeah, yeah. And my favorite person is the crazy guy on the corner. Mm-hmm. Good morning, blue truck, yellow moon. White flower. That's my favorite person right there. You know what I mean? Like, I love you, bro. Let me get a hug. Like, those those randoms are my favorite. Yeah. Um, Iran, you know, it's it's such a pleasure to be able to have you on with us today. Before we Thank go you. wrapping this up, I want to spend a little time with you real quick and okay. just let the audience get to know who you are and how amazing you are. We had a little Thank bit you. about your story, but just curious, like, how did Iran find recovery?
3: Recovery found me. Say it again. The recovery found me. Come on, say it again. Yeah, recovery found me. That's my guy. That's the truth. Yeah, I was I was in my in my cell, like I said, and I was in so much pain. And and I, I did that, you know, I said that that my first honest prayer. And before I knew it, there was there was um, a peace that came over me. Nice. And then um, I was given some instruction to um, to get honest, to get real, you know, to take off the mask. And um, that all came just sitting in my jail cell while I was in prayer and meditation. And that's when I wrote um, a letter to my family, and I told them everything. You know? All of it. All of it. Open book. Open book. My dude. Dirty, filthy, rotten. My dude. Oh my god, you don't want to hear this, but here you go. Type stuff.
1: Look, it, it's, it is what it is, right? It is what it is. Proud it's, of you for doing this that. is that's, what I did. I bet that wasn't an easy letter.
3: No, I cried. Wow, I, I, I cried crying. a lot. I cried a lot. Yeah, and then I went and read it to one of my one of one of the guys in 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 there and I just cried and cried and he, he helped me to put it in in, a, in an envelope seal it and mail it off and wow. shoot it right and um I was in Arizona my family was in California and 2 weeks later I got a call for a visit and it was my sister wow saying I received your letter and she cussed me a little bit damn right she did <laughs> damn right she did
1: and that's your sister you know what I mean
3: and then she said I got you because of your honesty and the truth that I heard today, we got you. And she did. She rode with me all the way through my entire prison trip, all the way to the very end, got me home, and here I am. And here you are. And it was all because of honesty. Because of honesty. Reco- and
2: honesty is so hard sometimes mm. when you're going through that shame and how, that guilt. How mm. long did
3: it take you to write that letter? Um. As soon as I heard it, I sat down and wrote it, and it took me maybe— 20 minutes. Oh, just that easy? That easy. Wow, I'm so proud of you. I was ready.
1: Oh, right?
3: Yeah, I was ready to get rid of the pain. Oh, and, I, and I asked, how do I get rid of this pain? And that was the answer I got. Man. Tell the truth. Start uh, uh, start bringing it up. Bring right. it out. Right. You know, because I, I was a liar and I, and, I, and I hid and ran from everything right. for almost 30 years.
2: And And that's what pure freedom is, right? It
3: was freedom. Wow! Absolutely, like lifted. Free. Absolute. Free. Yeah, that's when I knew. That, oh my God, this recovery thing works. Right. You know. I it's mean, a, just it's, it's a thing. In, in in that moment, yeah. And and so I said, okay, and I embraced it, and I ran with it. And we was, do recover. Yeah,
1: we do. We re- do. We do. We do. We find our lives right. Absolutely. Why did you decide to become a peer support leader?
3: Because I wanted to give back.
1: So that's, that's your way of giving back.
3: That is my Me way too. of giving back. Um, because I didn't have that where I was, and I didn't even know about peer support. I didn't right. even know what that meant. You right. Know what I mean? <laughs> but then, like I said earlier, I had this vision that I was going to be leading people. You yeah. are. And, and um, I didn't know what that meant either. Right. But right. Uh, So the opportunity was presented to me, and I said, okay. Give it be- to me. Give it to me. Right on. Let's and, go.
1: And, 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 and so working in the field. How has that changed your life? God, and, ha- and has it changed your life? I should ask.
3: Well, absolutely. How? Um, I get to see the light turn on in people's eyes. <laughs> that's, that's the biggest one. Isn't that an amazing moment? I, I, yes. You know, it's a privilege. It's, it's, it's a miracle for me, you know, um, just being able to be on the other side and watching people actually find hope. Right. You know, actually transition from one phase to another. You know, they work hard and then they're rewarded mm. with life. Man. And, I, and, and being able to see that is fuel for me. Yeah, that's beautiful. Iran, yeah. I want to tell you something, man.
1: <sighs> Not only were you blessed to come into our office and be able to... Reclaim your life.
3: Yeah.
1: But it's been an absolute blessing. And it's been an absolute. I-, I can't even say enough about you. You are you are everything. You are the reason why we wake up and you're killing your life today. Absolutely killing it, dude. I am so proud of you. Thank you. If there's and you know we say this time and time again, and it's because we absolutely mean it. If there's anything you need, you can call us. You know that. I know. But if there's anything that we need, we're going to call you. Okay. I'm here. This is We're now a team. All right. You understand that, right? Gotcha. All right. As you guys might have seen that. That was a fist bump right there. Yeah. That, that does count in court. <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys, I sure hope you guys understand the, the passion behind peer support a little bit more and why we do why what we do and just... The reason behind it. Peer support is not just somebody with lived experience. It's somebody with lived experience that has passion behind pe- seeing people actually succeed and reclaim their life. Um, I really want to thank Stephanie for coming on with us today and talking to us a little bit about why she um, built this beautiful organization that we have in Medford now. And um, Christy and I get to be a part of every day, um, even on our days off we are a part of this, like there, when, a there are no days off in this, in this job, right? Boundaries, no. boundaries. I mean, when, Hey, when Thank I'm at you, the golf, mm-hmm. when I tee up on the first tee box, the last tee box, that's my, that's my time off. Other than that, I'm going to be working, but I love you guys to death. We're going to let Christy talk a little bit about a quote she has.
2: Oh, um, yeah, I love quotes. And this one is kind of based on what everyone was talking about. Today and that's having courage, and um, there's a quote by that movie that was um, called "We We Bought a Zoo." I don't, I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. Have you seen it? Uh, we yeah. bought a zoo. It
1: okay. has uh, Mark Wahlberg in it. Yes. Yes.
2: Okay. So the quote is, "You know, sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage, just literally 20 seconds of embarrassing bravery, and I promise you, something great will come of it." It makes me emotional. Mm. Because Think right about that. Just twenty seconds of embarrassing bravery. Cause we can do anything for twenty seconds. So if you would just like go for it, the em- other side is so beautiful. Embarrassing
1: bravery and insane courage.
2: Twenty seconds is all you need. Twenty seconds.
1: Yes. That's big. Yeah. Well, you guys, we sure were glad to have you guys today. We're glad you we're glad you guys chose us to listen to today. Um I want to let you guys know that we're doing this as out of passion. Yeah. We're not doing this out of promise. We're Mm -hmm. doing this because we really want to see people get well. We love people. People are our business and our business is people. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much. All of you for being here, especially Iran for sharing your story. Um, I can boss Brandon and Christy around all day. I get the title, (laughs) but he's a volunteer for us and I just appreciate everything he gives to our organization. You're so welcome. Uh, thanks for being here. Uh, As you guys know, this is for entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this show do not reflect those of Reclaiming Lives or our board. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to episode four coming soon. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank
3: you. Show up for your life.
2: Woo.